Hi again, friends. Welcome to the Bible Project Daily Project to work through the entire Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And we're in the middle of looking at Genesis chapter 2 and considering what's going on in Abraham's life and looking at the difference between faith and works in the life of Abraham. And I mentioned last time how we were going to take a little segue into the New Testament book of James to help us understand what's going on here. The second chapter of the New Testament book of James is one of the most famous, some would might say infamous, controversial passages in the New Testament. Let me just read you a section from it and you may very well see the clear connection with Genesis chapter 22. It says this, But some will say you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. So that's James 2, 18 to 24. Did you notice what it said right in the middle of the passage? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? This is a direct reference to what is just coming up, what's about to happen here in Genesis chapter 22. Hold on a minute. It seems to suggest that Abraham, and then by nature, we, it seems to be teaching that we are justified by works. I mean, that's what it says. Abraham's was justified by by his works. Now, I thought the Bible taught that we were justified by faith. And, well, the answer to that is, yes, we are. As a matter of fact, if you've been following me through the book of Genesis so far, you may recall back in Genesis chapter 15, verse 8, it says that Abraham believed God and it was counted for him as righteousness. And Paul quotes this passage many times. He quotes it in the book of Romans and again, specifically in the book of Galatians, as a way to demonstrate that salvation is by faith alone. The writer to Hebrews, as a matter of fact, also quotes the verse in Genesis chapter 15. And remember what happened back in 15, when that verse about being credited with righteousness happened years before what's going on here in chapter 22. But now James is saying there's a justification by works going on here as well, in that you must do what the Lord tells you to do. If you work, it suggests, and you serve him, then there is a type of justification by those works. So what does that mean? It seems to fly in the face of what I've said so far and what the New Testament clearly teaches throughout. So what does it mean? Well, it means several things. But one of the things I want you to be clear, it doesn't mean, it does not mean that your works, any works, any good works are going to impress God in any way. We already know 
that you were not going to heaven by being supposedly righteous or being religious. That is not what gets to heaven. You get to heaven by trusting Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and accepting the gift of eternal life. It's a gift to anyone and to all who trust in him. So interesting. So we are clearly in the New Testament taught we're justified by faith. That's all God cares about in terms of our personal relationship with him. But James is reminding us that we are indeed justified by our deeds, but we are justified before other people by what they see in our lives. In other words, what he's saying is our works demonstrate to other people who don't know the Lord that we indeed have faith. The key is you see that God sees our faith and declares that we have the gift of eternal life. But people, of course, they can't see that internal workings of the grace and the spirit of God. Onlookers, they see our good works and thereby they conclude that we are authentic in what we believe. Works do something else. And I think that's the key to what Genesis chapter 22 is telling us. But look again closely at what James says in verses 21 to 22, because there's some confusion on this teaching. But James says, was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. If you're reading the King James Version, it'll say his faith was made perfect by what he did. So clearly, the thing that our works does is it completes our faith. That's the word used here, but I've already pointed out several times that when you see the word complete, or perhaps the word perfect in the Bible, what it usually means is, and what it's definitely referring to here is, it is the thing that makes it mature. When you trust Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven and that's sealed and settled and nothing can change it. But when you start obeying the Lord, then that faith that you have will not only authenticate your faith to non-believers, but will begin the process of strengthening and maturing your faith. So our good works mature our Christian life and strengthens the very faith in God that we have. So what James is saying is that when you read chapter 22, remember what's going on is the fact that Abraham's life is being strengthened. His faith life is being developed and matured through these events, through these tests that God has laid before him. That's what's really going on here. And you need to understand that as we approach for what for many is a very challenging scripture. But before we do that next time, let me close by just making a little comparison. You see, the Bible will frequently talk about trials. It will talk about temptation and it will talk about tests. The tricky part about this is sometimes all these three things can be going on and they can all be wrapped up in the same event. And that's what's going to happen here when Abraham is asked to sacrifice his son, his only son. But for us today, we too face trials. There's the trials that we go through. The temptation that's wrapped up within that trial is the way in which Satan tries to allure us to respond incorrectly to that trial. And the test is what God sees us struggling with. 
So from our point of view, a trial is a heavy burden that we have to bear. But from Satan's point of view, it's always an opportunity to bring about the wrong response in us. But from God's point of view, it is simply a test that is there in order to bring out the faith in us, to help us develop and mature our faith. So Satan tempts us in order to bring out our sinful nature. But God doesn't tempt us. God sometimes allows these events to happen as a test in order to allow us to develop our faith. Now, knowing this beforehand, I believe, can really help us in our lives, but it can also help us make sense of the events that we're about to witness in Genesis chapter 2. This stuff we're going to go into, very challenging passage, will make a whole lot more sense if we, as we progress through it, if we approach it with this perspective in mind. Okay, that's it for today. Hope to see you back again, maybe tomorrow from your point of view, but certainly the next day together as we work together again through the whole Bible, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Anyway, that's it for today. Bye for now. See you back here very soon.